Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the first Sunday after Christmas for the week of December 26, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and Merry Christmas. I didn't get to say that to you last week, and here we are, the last Sunday of 2021, and it's just kind of been a crazy year. I think when we reflect back on this past year, it's been kind of a crazy, chaotic one. I know for me, there's a couple small projects here I'm hoping to kind of wrap up here by the end of the year to hopefully get some additional progress towards some of the different goals and stuff I've talked about here for this podcast to try to wrap up by the end of the year. But I think also it's just kind of fun to be in this Christmas season. It's different, especially compared to how many of us probably remember it. It's definitely a step forward from compared to probably where we were in 2020, but still not quite back to 2019 levels. And Christmas is taking on different meaning, and that's not all bad. I know for me, one of the things that I am a little bit excited for, but also a little nervous for is next year, the 25th is a Sunday. So say your prayers already for your pastors and people leading services next year. But I also am kind of excited on what that will be for the podcast, being able to potentially have a lot of text that day to kind of go through and be able to talk about and discuss. So I'm kind of excited about that. But in this Christmas season, in this season that we just went through the hope and now the hope came into flourishing, let's look at last week's Twitter question. The Twitter question for last week was, in the Advent season that we were in, have you spent time to wonder yet? And I think it's a great question for us to ponder and to think about is to really captivate and ponder what does it mean to wonder as we wait? What does it mean to let our minds be like a child's and just roaming free and pondering and thinking about and going through the different possibilities? I think a lot of times in the world in which we're in, we don't necessarily do that. And that's kind of sad, especially when you're looking at it from a scientific perspective. A lot of times that's sometimes the ideas that, well, this is crazy, but let's at least eliminate it. And sometimes those crazy ideas end up actually forming something that's much better than what we initially would have thought. And it's those times of wonder, those times of letting the mind kind of run free when we really discover things and find that, yeah, maybe there is something to when my mind was wandering or those times where we're absolutely stumped about something. And those moments where we actually let our mind wander is when we maybe start putting it together. It's why also... Taking a nap at times is really important. You're letting your brain collect its thoughts and get it together and sequenced, maybe in a different way than you had been thinking about it prior. So let's just jump into it. The Old Testament reading this week from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 to 20 and verse 26. It's an interesting text here to kind of be throwing in, but it also kind of ties in a little bit of the swaddling clothes that we have kind of heard in the text from Christmas Day, but also you'll hear a little bit tying into the second reading here. But Samuel is being presented as a potential leader eventually within the people, and so is brought to the leaders of kind of the tent synagogue at that point. His mother every year would bring a linen gown for him, and so it's talking about how 
here Samuel is, his mother is continuing to bring this as Samuel's kind of being dedicated to be following in the priesthood, ends up being a prophet, and Eli then giving a blessing upon his mother that because of this, that may the Lord continue to bless you. And then verse 26 is that just Samuel continued to grow and became a person that God continued to lay his favor upon. The psalm this week is Psalm 148. And this psalm is a praising psalm. It's recognizing how how the world around us sings praise to God, singing praise from the heavens and the angels, but then even to the sun and the moon and the stars shining, and then how it continues to go into the creation of how God made this place, and yet it's still singing praise from the earth, the sea monsters of the deep, fire, hail, snow, frost, stormy wind, fulfilling the commands of God, mountains and the hills and the fruit trees and the cedars and the wild animals and the cattle, creeping things and flying birds, and that the kings of the earth and everyone that we should be then giving praise to God. And it's also kind of a nice acclamation and recognition of what a marvelous, wonderful place that God really has created for us. The second reading, the New Testament text this week is out of Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. And I think a lot of this is kind of wrapped up a little bit here, at least in verse 12. God chooses ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And that because of that, that we're clothing ourselves with it, and we're clothing ourselves with love and showing how this then interacts and how we interact in the world differently because of this and that this is then letting God work through us. This is allowing the Christ within us to dwell, to work, but also to be able to be shown to the world. And and a lot of where the character of who God has made us to be dwells in those times, but that we are clothed in this compassion. The gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. And I think this is kind of ties in, and we'll talk a little bit about it in a few minutes. What I was talking about the last year was with sea turtles. This reading is the lost years of Jesus. So if you remember back to the last couple days you've been having in church, we have Jesus being born. Now we're suddenly at Jesus is about 12 years old. And so we don't have a ton before that. We do have, we'll get into later in Epiphany where Mary and Joseph have fled and then we have the wise men coming and meeting them. So that's Jesus maybe around age three, they figure. This is really the only like teenage story we have of Jesus. And it's just the only gospel it's in is here in Luke. But He's a 12-year-old. They have the Passover festival. When the festival is done, everybody's starting to head back. It's a couple days in, and Mary and Joseph realize that Jesus isn't there. So they turn around and go looking for him, and after three days, they find him in the temple, sitting with the teachers. And the parents then ask Jesus, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. Something Mary stated to him and Jesus responds with, why are you searching for me? Do you not know I'd be in my father's house? And was that meant to be kind of a dagger into Mary's heart at this moment? Or was this more of, 
a kind response? I don't know. It could be a teenage moment from Jesus. It's kind of an interesting response. And yet then we kind of get that as this is going on and as they are moving back toward Nazareth, Mary, in the end of verse 51, still says that she treasures these things in her heart. That even this whole process, that here I have Jesus, the Son of God, being my child. And in verse 52, in Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. So it's the cool text to be able to see the more human side of Jesus, but also to then have this moment of the teenage part of Jesus, the preteen part of Jesus that we don't get to see because this is the only recollection of teenage Jesus. So this is kind of then summarizing and wrapping up that small section. So before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug. Oh, Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to help give me some direction to make sure I'm not too far off track. Plus, they just have... I love having Working Preacher, their podcast, having four different seminary professors there talking about the text and different ideas and being able to preach on. But I also really enjoy having multiple different commentaries and the amount of archival material that they have there because they've been going through this for so many years. It's great to be able to read commentaries from many different biblical scholars. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. But one of the other things that I'd highly recommend is checking out the library at Vanderbilt.edu. I really like checking out the Revised Common Lectionary there. And one of the things that I feel that really sets it apart, one, I really like how they have the text each week laid out. And it's one of the things that I use now on a weekly basis to bring you these texts. But I also really enjoy having the art there. I really like being able to look through the history and how have different people interpreted and look at these texts, especially not just being from Western culture, that at times it's bringing in historical European pieces, but also pieces from Africa and Asia and these different parts of the world, it really gives me a different perspective on how these texts are being interpreted. So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from the library at Vanderbilt.edu, I'd highly recommend that. My final recommendation is, if you haven't checked out The Chosen, I'd highly recommend it. I've been digging into that a little bit further, and I find that it's a really refreshing take. I think it's one of those things where, because they're actually working with so many different biblical scholars to try to make it plausible, at least, and trying to keep it as accurate as they can to within still having some artist flexibility, I've really enjoyed being able to see what would have this actually been like, seeing Jesus' ministry in this way? So, if you haven't checked out The Chosen, I'd highly recommend that. It's nice seeing the human side of Jesus, isn't it? Being able to recognize within ourselves, especially if we're of age that's past our teenage years, recognizing the beginning of teenage ignorance at moments, or maybe being that young child still in it for a moment and just not even noticing the crowds, just being so absorbed in wanting to learn and to teach. And I think especially when we're looking at verse 46, it's really interesting because he's sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, showing the real human side of Jesus, him learning, questioning, trying to understand. 
And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. He was trying to grow, but then also taking that and being able to spin it around on them, not necessarily as a challenge, but to have discussion to help everybody grow. It's fascinating. And it's kind of, again, like I was stating when we were introducing this, it's these lost years of Jesus. This is the only text we have between basically his birth and his beginning of his ministry in probably his late 20s, early 30s. So it's these lost years that we have, and yet we have one text of this, which I think, like we talked about, and I'm just going to touch on here, what we talked about last week was sea turtles and how when they go into sea, we know they go hide away and eat as they try to grow and try to make sure that they're not victims of prey for something else. But in a lot of ways, they've become lost years to us as researchers being able to understand really what's going on because they're trying to disappear and try to hide so that they can grow and become something that doesn't have to fear as much on what is out there. And I think it's just kind of interesting because here we have Jesus, the Son of God, disappearing from the birth to the beginning of his ministry, just kind of disappears for an extended period of time. I mean, especially in, we have John's the same way. I would love to have known what was the interaction between Jesus and John, but we just don't have that, unfortunately. And that would have been very interesting to document. But I think the thing I'm noticing here is the care of a mother. The care of a mother. First, I can see that they're in the festival, you assume Jesus is with everybody else, or you thought you saw him, or whatever, and that it becomes a couple days later, and Mary has misplaced Jesus, if you want to put it that way, and that she then goes anxiously looking for Jesus, you know, and here, even when you have in the first Samuel text that Enoch and his wife every year continue to come and and bring this gift to their child, even though they've dedicated this child to be raised in leadership within the faith. And how we are clothed in this, trying to resemble the image of who God has made us to be, recognizing that in putting on that gown, that might mean that we're leaving some of us behind. There was an experience that I had probably getting to be almost five years ago now, that when I was thinking about this text and recognizing it, it's my experience with this within nature. And I was helping my parents get a garden together. And in doing that, you know, you have rocks. And so we were kind of putting our rocks to the side and we had this tall grass area. And I was setting the rocks on some old stairs that we just had kind of sitting in these tall weeds. And when I go over there, I picked up one of the rocks and I set it back down on the stairs and it slipped and it kind of fell in between the holes of the stairs in the back there. And all of a sudden, this young fawn stands up that it just narrowly missed this fawn. And when that happened, the fawn then cried out this loud noise. And when that happened, from clear across the yard, now, granted, my parents have a fairly large yard, and we mow around two acres, so it's a fairly large area. So clear across the yard, which is still a decent area, 
The mother pops out of the woods and comes running straight toward me. Straight toward me and you can just see fire within her eyes of where is my child and I will do anything to to find that child, to get back to that child. You get out of my way. If I have to run you over, I will. And it was one of these neat experiences that I have of where I am trying to communicate with something that is not human. And I am trying to yell at this deer and point. It's over here. It's over here. It's over here. Pointing to the fawn, trying to direct the deer on where to go. And when the mother finally sees her young, she veers off the beeline that she had made for me and goes directly toward her child. And then they go off together. It's one of the things, even as a birder, I've experienced too, where I've gone on breeding bird surveys, where you're going out in the summer and you're trying to look for parents getting nesting materials and trying to find nests and different things or bringing back food or looking for where the parents are. But even when you find a bird and you haven't necessarily found the nest yet, there's different calls that the young will make, letting the parents know that they are hungry, they're in need of something, so that the parent comes back and is searching for that child, going back to the nest to make sure that they are provided, to make sure that the young is taken care of, that something isn't happening. I think this is such... A text that really helps us recognize, yes, the humanness of Jesus at this moment. That, yes, he was a child just like all of us were a child and is learning from teachers in the temple and is growing in the faith and understanding what that means. The mother, Mary, being able to recognize that this is still my own child and going after. And we get the name drop of Joseph was still all in on this also, that Joseph is searching, that they they hold this child with a lot of care. But yet I think it's also, isn't it neat that God is doing that also for Jesus? That Jesus, I haven't left you. I'm here and I'm providing teachers for you to grow into helping you understand in this human flesh, what have I called you to be? Just as a bird teaches their young to be able to grow and become a Scarlet Tanager or American Red Star or an American Robin or whatever bird it is, or a young fawn looks to the mother to be able to learn how to become a deer. Jesus is looking to not only his earthly parents for guidance and understanding of the festivals and understanding responsibility and Keeping track of time, if you want to put it that way. Sounds like a good teenager losing track of time. And heck, all of us do. But also the moment of Jesus recognizing how Jesus needs to learn and grow. And to understand what God is commissioning Jesus to be. And I think that's one of the things that's amazing with the faith. Is that this is what we are trying to learn to walk out. We're trying to learn how the dedication that our parents or different people in our lives or even our faith community, or even if we're new to the faith, learning to build that faith community around us so that we can be a blessing to them like they have been a blessing to us. Just like Eli blessing Enoch and his wife for continuing to be there and supporting their son Samuel. The Psalm showing us that that even as we are going and doing this walk, that the 
It's recognizing that this is not our ability. It's God who is doing all these amazing things around us and giving us breath to be able to do this. So let us give praise to that. The Colossians text helping us recognize that as we walk into this identity of trying to be like Christ, recognizing that this is going to take time and that yet this is then should be coming out of us, that we are being transformed inwardly to change our outward appearance and how we treat and act and carry ourselves outwardly. This is a total transformation. And yet here we get this text of recognizing that even Jesus himself was continuing to learn and grow. We have that care, that apparent, that our support for our faith, whoever those people are, are, and they continue to be around us and we can continue to add to them as we walk through this life of faith, which is difficult. And that when those times are that are hard for us, that we have those spiritual parent figures or that army of people around us to help support us come running to help support us in those difficult times. But also realizing in those difficult times that we still have the ability to teach also. That we all are working together to be able to walk out this thing called faith. That's the beauty of this. This is such a wonderful text to be able to see and wrap our head around the human side of Jesus. To see how parents come running, how God continues to seek out his son in different ways as Jesus grows. And yet we see that all around us. And so the goal that we should be having is that we are doing the same, whether we have actual sons and daughters or metaphorical sons and daughters in the faith, brothers and sisters in the faith. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing the love and care that we can see that animals have for each other and we know that we have for each other also. And that, to me, is worth giving praise to, like the psalmist reminds us. So the Twitter question I have for you this week is where do you need to look around for who's crying out so you can run and provide support? And the flip side, when are those times that you need to cry out so you can see your support help you? I think it's those reminders and realizing that the ability to be able to do both is a blessing. And it's a blessing to be able to be in those positions where we continue to grow in the faith. So as we are in this Christmas season, I hope that it continues to be a blessing and I hope that you are in a spot where you continue to see how God is blessing this time. Blessing the moments, blessing you, and recognizing the hope that he's put in you because of what he's already done for you. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.